2020 hit pageants hard. And whilst everyone else is talking about how to walk, how to talk and how to dress, no one's answering the real questions like, what should I do when I've lost all motivation? How can I regain my confidence? How do I pick myself up after a soul-destroying pageant experience? Or should I even be doing pageants in the first place, especially after 2020? It's time to make sure your inner game is as strong as your outer game. It's time to make sure you're aligned so that you're pulled towards your goals rather than being pulled apart. It's time to put that imposter syndrome to rest once and for all. I'm your host, Adrian Kwan, and welcome to the Pageant Boss Podcast. When you do a Google Trends search um, for any topic, so let's say you look up uh, Bitcoin, right? What a trend search will show you is over time the number of people who searched for a particular term. So you can imagine in the case of something like Bitcoin, and, and these searches can go back, you know, maybe 20 years or so. And you can imagine that over time, especially recently, the number of people searching for the term Bitcoin has risen rather exponentially. Look at terms for MLM or network marketing. They've grown over time as well. They had a bit of a spike during COVID, and that makes sense because people, a lot of people lost their jobs during 2020 and continue to do so. I mean, COVID is still around. So the number of people looking for, let's say, make, mon- make money online or make money from home or work from home, Google Trends, again, will show you that the number of people searching for those terms went up over 2020 and maybe have dipped back down since the peak, but certainly went up. Curiously, now a lot of people, and this is different to what a lot of people will tell you, a lot of people will tell you in terms of pageantry, that pageantry is growing, numbers are increasing, participation rates are increasing, and I'm not sure what they're basing that on, because if you do a Google Trends search for beauty pageants or pageantry, over the last 20 or so years, the numbers have actually plummeted pretty badly. Now, if you have just started a pageant um, as a director, or let's say you have done a good job as a director and you've grown the business and your numbers have gone up, that's amazing. But what I'm saying is that globally, because Google Trends, I mean, it does have global data, but very often you're looking at, and you can pick by country, so I'm taking American data as my standard, mind you, Australian data, and let's say UK data, and I would say data from most of the Western world would be the same and agree on this. The number of searches for beauty pageants or how relevant beauty pageants are has plummeted over the last 20 or so years. Now, why I think this is an issue, an interesting issue, far aside from the fact that you and I I'm going to assume that you and I work in the pageant industry or participate in the pageant industry, so it should be a cause for concern for us that our industry is becoming less and less relevant in terms of how many people are searching for it. But why I think it's also an interesting issue and doesn't necessarily need to remain an issue is because women's empowerment and equality, if you look at the Google Trend search for those terms, I would imagine they're spiking up, and I would say imagine because I haven't actually looked at those just yet. I'm stuck in my car and doing this. But I do know that pageants, the relevance has gone down, 
But over the last 20 years, women's, in, women's equality, women's empowerment, gender equality, racial equality have all become hot button issues. So the conundrum is that if pageants are about fundamentally women's empowerment and women's equality, then why is the relevance of pageants going down when the relevance of those other topics is going up? And the only reason that I can think of that really makes sense is that fundamentally, people don't believe that pageants are about women's equality. Now, that might not be, I'm going to assume that you listening to this have been a participant in the pageant industry for a while. So I need you to understand that you've probably got a biased opinion about it in the sense that you've participated in it and that you know differently for the most part, I would assume you know differently. Otherwise, why would you continue to participate in it? And you also have the knowledge. You've actually done your research by, in terms of you've participated in it. So you know more what it's about than someone on the outside. But for pageantry to continue growing and to remain relevant, it's very important that we as an industry can reach out to those people who don't know much about us and actually have a brand image and an industry image that makes people want to participate. And again, given that women's empowerment and equality is such a hot-button topic, you would think that if pageantry is associated with women's empowerment in the general society, in the, in the way that general society perceives us, not the way that us pageant insiders perceive ourselves, but the outside society, if empowerment is a hot-button topic, and they think that pageantry is about women's empowerment, then stands to reason that actually pageantry should be trending up, not down. So I think we have some work as an industry to do. I really do, in order to remain relevant. And if we don't remain relevant, then the industry will continue to shrink, to dwindle, and eventually die out completely. I think there are probably some pageants that are big enough that they will remain around regardless, such as Miss Universe and Miss World. But I think it would be good if the industry could remain relevant and continue to grow. And the only way it's going to do that is to continue to move with the times. And I say that because I do believe that there are a lot of positives in this industry. That being said, I think there are some negatives or some challenges. And I think there are a lot of people, probably the people who've been in pageants for longer who continue to cling on to old-fashioned ideas or old-fashioned ways of doing things simply because that's the way they've always been done. And I hate that mentality. I absolutely hate it. It's one of the things that really, really bugs me. Um, when I was working a 9 to 5, it's one of the things that would absolutely set me off because I was working in software and I could see a much better way of doing things. And Older people in general would be like, oh, no, we don't want to do that because um, – and it wouldn't be because it wasn't a better solution. It would be because, A, they would say that's the way we've always done it, and, B, it would actually take, you know, what effort on their part to change, whereas it takes no effort to sort of, you know, to have inertia and just stay there and keep doing things the way they were. And you can see entire industries have been either wiped out or severely impacted because they weren't able to move with the times. Look at what uh, – Uber, right, or ride-sharing services did to the taxi industry, or what did services like Netflix and Disney Plus do to video stores like Blockbuster, right? I mean, 
I think Blockbuster technically still exists in Australia, but I think it's bankrupt. Like it doesn't exist anymore around the world. I could be wrong on that, but it certainly was horrifically impacted by Netflix. And I think actually, I could be completely wrong on this. I think Blockbuster actually had a chance to buy into Netflix at the beginning and they said, no, we don't need to do that. We're Blockbuster, right? Now look what happened. So for pageantry to remain relevant, I think there are some things that we need to change. Now, the three things that seem to crop up in mainstream media as the things that pageantry could change, and there's there's an infinite number of topics, but I think the three main ones are the age, right? The age restriction, the uh, swimsuit, uh, the swimsuit component, which not all pageants have anymore. And the other one is marital status, right? So age restrictions, the bikini section, and marital status. As Marital status meaning, oh, to enter our pageant, you have to be, it's not just a marital status either, but it's generally you need to be single, um, never been married. Uh, sometimes it's never given birth, never had an ab- abortion. Like each system has its own rules and regulations, right? And I could rant on and on about each one of these three components, but let me break it down. And I would love to know your thoughts, by the way, on this. Now, age restrictions, I used to have a much bigger problem with because I think who you are and what you're able to do sometimes gets better with age, not worse, right? And I think if we're looking for the best role model when we're doing our pageant, a lot of the time, I think it would make common sense that someone who's lived more life could make a better role model because they've lived more life, they've been through more troublesome situations, and they've gone through more. So they have more lessons to give, they have more wisdom to impart. That being said, I can certainly understand on reflection that if pageants are designed to find influences, and I think there's a, I won't go into that argument because I did a whole separate episode on whether pageant girls are essentially influences. But I I think it's a good argument to be made that a pageant queen, a modern pageant queen is an influencer. And the only question is, what do they use that influence for, right? But if you buy the argument that basically to win a pageant, if you're winning a pageant, it's a great opportunity to work with certain brands, fashion brands, for example, um, and you have a chance to expand your platform, right? So if you buy that, then... There is a certain wisdom in saying, let's say take a brand like Lounge Underwear, and I only take that one because a lot of you will know, or let's say Sherry Hill. It would actually make sense, and I mean business sense, and it's not being discriminatory, that they would want to work with younger influencers because they tend to skew young in terms of the people who would buy them, right? If you're buying Lounge Underwear, or let's just say you're buying Victoria's Secret Underwear, or you're just buying fancy underwear in general, it does make a certain amount of sense to say, well, that would tend to be the younger, let's say, 18 to 30-year-old market versus, let's say, the 65-plus market. So if you, wanted to, if you wanted to appeal to the younger market, you probably want younger influencers. I mean, that's not to say that older influencers don't influence the younger demographic and vice versa. But by and large, you know, young, well, we all tend to hang around people who by and large, are around our age. That tends to be our friend group anyway. I mean, obviously, if you're a teacher, you're working with kids, your parents, you've got your kids, That that's a bit different. But in terms of our friend group, I think you'll find by and large, they tend to be around the same age. So 
you know, the age restrictions in pageants, uh, it does make a certain amount of sense. I mean, it, and in a lot of cases, it's gone from 25 now to 27, now to 28. On the older side for the Miss Division anyway, it's going, I think, to 35. Um, I mean, the issue I do have is that, you know, why 27? Why 28? Why 32? Why 35? Because, like, literally, so I'm able to enter your pageant at 27 years and 364 days, but at 28 years, you're telling me I'm now too old. So I do have a bugbear with it, but I'm not sure I can come up with an easy, an easy, better solution for it. So I do understand it, okay? So the age restriction I can kind of give a pass to. I think maybe we could do a better job, but I can give a pass to. The swimsuit component, okay? So that was number one, is the age restriction in terms of what we might want to change about pageants to help keep them relevant. That's what we're talking about here, if I didn't enunciate that clearly enough. Number two is a swimsuit component. Now, a lot of detractors from pageants will say that the bikini section, the swimsuit section, is demeaning. And I, to be completely honest, used to think that as well. Um, and also, when you say it's confidence building, I was just thinking about this before, and I do think, okay, walking on stage in a bikini means you certainly have to have a certain level of confidence. And if you make it through that, I think you're going to go, wow, there's a lot of other things that I could do as well, right? If I can walk on stage in front of sta- strangers, maybe televised in front, so in front of millions of people, if I can do that in a bikini then maybe I can do this job interview. Uh, So there is a certain amount of wisdom in saying that. However, I think if you got a bunch of young women together, right, and you ask them, well, confidence is an issue. What do you think would be the best way to develop confidence? Or let's say you just got a bunch of men or just a bunch of people together and said, okay, confidence is an issue in modern day society. What exercises or what could we do in order to build confidence? especially in the younger generation. I don't think that many people, many people's first suggestion would be to, well, you know what, dress them up in a swimsuit and get them to parade on stage. I don't think that's going to be most people's first port of call. You'd probably think of, okay, let's do some confidence building issues, right? Or let's work on our interview skills, or let's go and play some sports. Let's get fit. Let's get active. Let's work on our self-development and our mental health. I don't think going around in a bikini is going to be, you know what, let's do that as a confidence building exercise. I kind of liken building confidence through the swimsuit section like taking someone who's phobic of swimming or phobic of water and they want to learn to swim and saying, well, here's how we're going to teach you how to get over your phobia of water. I'm going to take you into the middle of the ocean and just drop you overboard. Because, you know, sink or swim. And if you do manage to swim, then yeah, there's a pretty good chance you've gotten over your phobia, right? The issue with that is there are some people who are going to sink. And I say this with you know, not everyone who goes in the swimsuit section is going to find it a positive experience. Now, there's a lot more that do than I originally thought. Don't get me wrong. And if we're focused on what the women get out of it rather than what the public think about it, then for the most part, I actually what have been surprised by the number of young women and young girls who've not only said that bikini section is their favorite, but that they found it a very liberating and empowering experience. So that's why I'm saying, I've changed my thinking on this, and I think a lot of young women find that section very empowering, but 
I think this idea that to build confidence, a swimsuit section is the best way of doing it. I think there may be other ways of doing it that are a bit less severe. Let's say, as my analogy in terms of dropping people into the ocean to get over their phobia of water, not everyone will swim, right? And not everyone who would have done a bikini section would have found it a positive experience. And I think it's fair to say some of them may have found it was a negative experience and uh, may have made some issues worse. So that being said, I think overall, for people who compete in pageants, I think swimsuit issue has been a more positive experience, an empowering experience than I initially thought. And that's just from having talked to so many of you. So I think the jury is still out on the swimsuit section. Um, and I think maybe there are some adjustments that can be made to it. Uh, the issue there from the other side is that if you start changing that, is it really pageantry anymore? And I know this, many people who've messaged me saying that, you know, when you take away the, the bikini section or the swimsuit section, it's not a pageant. And that's not me saying that, that's you guys, some of the women in pageants who are saying, well, we like the bikini section, don't take it away. We like the swimsuit section, don't take it away. So, you know, I think jury is still out. The third component that people talk about, and spoiler alert, this is the one that I think really should change because I don't see any reason for it is the marital status. Namely, that the worth of a woman is somehow based on her marital status. And we are breaking women up depending on whether they're single, married, divorced, whether they've had children or not. In some cases, whether they've had abortions or not, whether they've ever been pregnant or not. And this is the one that I can't see being tenable any longer. If we want to keep pageants being relevant... Can you name me any other profession that can discriminate against women based on their marital status? Because none come to mind for me. The only one that I can think of is sometimes religions um, will, in order to become a certain religious figure, you may need to be single, you may need to be celibate. But I think that's a different discussion. And I think very often that's a discussion about men rather than women. But if you were to come to me, let's say, in, for a job interview, and I had two equally qualified candidates, right, in every single way, except one of them was single, and one of them was married. And I said, well, I'm going to pick the single one because she's single. And I didn't give you any other reason than that. I don't know if that's actually legal to do that. Um, the argument that I saw, and I was reading some articles on pageantry and marital status and why that's a thing and whether people agree with it or not, and P.S. most people don't. Um, the example they gave, and I'm not going to sh name and shame the organization, but there was a competitor who won her national, it was a, it's a big pageant, she won her national title, um, even though she knew the international title had the international competition had rules stating that married women can't enter. But according to her, her national directors encouraged her to enter anyway. Now, I don't think that's a really great idea, but she did it. She won. Then when the international competition found out that she actually was married and had a child, they didn't allow her to enter. Now, their argument, their statement about it was that, well, 
in order to represent our system, you need to be able to, at a minute's notice, go to, let's say, a third world country and do some advocacy, some really grassroots advocacy. And if you're married, if you've got a child, you won't be able to do that. Now, this woman and myself, to be clear, find that quite offensive. I don't think it's up to anyone else to tell a mother or a married woman what she can or cannot do simply because of the fact that she is married or has a child. I think that is a very archaic idea. And I think there are many, many, many mothers, many, many married women who will agree with me that just because I'm married or just because I have a child, that doesn't allow you to count me out. You know, I will tell you what I can do and I will prove it to you. And sure, if I can no longer do the job, then you shouldn't, you shouldn't have me on, whether we're talking... I mean, I, I'm liking a pageant title to a job because I really do see it in that, in that way in many respects. And, you know, if I can't do the job, then by all means, don't hire me. But don't tell me I can't do the job because of some assumptions you have about a married woman or a woman that has a child because women now really can have it all. Um, it's not easy. It's a lot harder than men for a lot of it because there are more... I think there are more hats that women have to balance. Um, and I think women, by and large, are harder on themselves. And there's that element of guilt that's kind of built in through society or through media, whatever you want to call it. But I really think this idea that, oh, you are somehow less... Again, if we're talking about a pageant queen being a role model and influencer, this idea that somehow you are less of a role model or less of an influencer because you're married... I mean, I really do quite find that quite archaic and, to be honest, quite offensive. Um, so I think out of any of these, and you can disagree with me, you could maybe tell me what the really good reason is. I can't think of one. That doesn't mean that there isn't one. Um, and I don't think the influencer argument, like when I said about age, I kind of get it because let's say, again, if you wanted to market lounge underwear, you probably want a younger influencer. But if you wanted to market lounge underwear and you had two women who were the same age, look exactly the same, and the only difference between them is one's married and one's not, if it comes to marketing a brand, like what on earth difference does that make? If they look the same, they look the same. Who cares whether one's married or not? That is a very weird question. And frankly, if someone asked me that, I'd be like, it's none of your damn business. Like, is it relevant to how I can do my job, how well I can do my job? No, then it's none of your business. Um, and then when it comes to never having been pregnant or never had abortions, like, how on earth do you prove that anyway? I mean, you're going through medical records. How would you know the medical records are true or not? It's just like, I don't think we need this marital status thing attached to any of our pageant titles anymore. So if you were to ask me, how can we continue to make pageants more relevant so that they stop dwindling, so that they stop shrinking and hopefully we can start growing them again, I think if you were to ask me out of the age, out of the swimsuit section and out of the marital status, which one would I change first? I actually think it would be the marital status because I cannot see any reason for that still to be an issue. So my suggestion would be, okay, you have a Miss Universe or Miss World or whatever it is, you can have the age restrictions because I do understand, again, you might want to target your audience a certain demographic and a certain age might be more appropriate for that in terms of your title holder. But who gives a crap whether they're married or not, whether they're divorced or not? I mean, unless, I mean, some people are going to say, oh, if she's divorced, she's not in a good example of marriage. 
God, maybe getting divorced is the best thing she ever did. And maybe getting divorced is a braver step than staying in a marriage that's not right for her. This is why I cannot stand this oversimplified and archaic thinking. Um, so take Miss Universe and keep the age restriction, keep the bikini section. Um, I mean, like, as I keep saying, Natasha, Natasha, the Miss South Africa, she absolutely rocked that bikini section. And I think that really would have made a lot of women feel better about themselves. Or Maria, uh, Australian competitor, you know, going, looking at that girl and saying, wow, she can really rock a bikini despite being five foot three when everyone thinks you have to be five foot ten or above. I think that really did empower a young woman. But if you go and then now say, well, um, she has to be single and she can never have been married. And I just, I don't understand that. So I would say, okay, keep your age divisions. And certainly for the younger ones, like teens and junior teens, age divisions make a lot more sense because you have to really look after their welfare and it should be the welfare of the contestants first. That's what I always say. But look, you have your age restriction of 28. All right. Take the marriage status off the cards. If the woman is single, if the woman is married, none of your business. I do not see, I don't think it's anyone's business apart from that woman and her partner, I just don't see how it's relevant anymore. And I think if we can remove that one part of the equation, then we can really look at the industry as we're modernizing, we're keeping up to date with the times. And honestly, I think it's getting to that point now, particularly with a marital, well, in particular with this marital status, I'm not sure it's legal to discriminate against women based on their marital status anymore. So I think we really need to get with the times. And final point, I was reading this article, and it said, if the King of England can be a divorcee, then why can't Miss World be a divorcee? And I think, I think that's something worth pondering, whether you agree with me or not. So those are my thoughts on how to keep pageants relevant. And as I said, if you do a Google trend search, you can see the number of searches for pageants. So the relevance of pageantry in that aspect, at least, has been going down steadily over the last 20 years, whereas women's empowerment has gone up. So that should really, really make you think. And if you're someone and you go, well, I'm only in pageants at the moment and then I don't care, that's okay. That's fine. I don't begrudge you at all. But if you're someone, let's say a competitor who then wants to be, become a director or you're someone who's already a director and you're wondering how do I keep pageants relevant or how do I grow my business, I think you really, really want to look at how you keep your pageant relevant and keep it up to date with the times. Because if history has shown anything with Uber and with Netflix and with Bitcoin, you either keep up with the times or you go out of business. And I don't think that's an unfortunate thing either. I think we should all, you know, end consumer. If we are trying to create the best product possible, then that's what we have to do. We can't say we're going to keep doing things just because that's the way they've always been done. Um, I'm going to leave it there. If you're watching this on YouTube, you'll be able to see very clearly it's very dark now because it's sun. the sun's going down, it's winter. It's not because I've been talking that long, although it might seem like that. If you're on the podcast, and obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, you can't hear darkness. But when I started this, it was a lot lighter. Now I'm basically talking in the pitch black like a crazy person. Some food for thought. Yeah, let me know your comments. You can message them to me privately. I'd love to know what you think about it. Um, but this is a topic that comes up for me, and I thought that crops up a lot for me again and again. As someone who really wants to see the industry grow, but I can also see that it has some shortcomings that I really feel should be addressed it's an interesting topic, let's say that, um, at the very least. 
Let me know your thoughts, and I'll speak to you in the next episode of the Pageant Boss Podcast. Hey, it's Adrian again. Thanks for listening to this episode. Just a quick reminder to come and join our private Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the pageant boss. You're going to be getting early access, special offers and discounts to all our upcoming products, courses and events. So make sure you head there now. It's free to join for the moment at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the pageant boss. And remember the link to join is in the show notes to this episode. So click that link, join our group, and I'll speak to you in the next episode of the Pageant Boss Podcast.